You guys, I'm so excited. My first book for babies and toddlers is coming out March 1st, and we are going to talk about it today on our very own Raising Amazing. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Raising Amazing. (laughs) Congrats. This is really cool. I'm just seeing it right now. Actual pictures for the first time. It's beautiful. You guys did amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um... It's not your first book, though. It's not my first book. So for those of you that don't know, mm-hmm. I wrote, I co-wrote a book series with uh, one of my very best friends, Jody Lipper, um, over 10 years ago now. We did three books with HarperCollins, How to Eat Like a Hot Chick, How to Live Like a Hot Chick, How to Love Like a Hot Chick. This book is basically the same. Basically, it's the same. It's just for <laughs> same kids. Same audience, <laughs> no. you know, except for, like, not kids. <laughs> so, um... Um, but in those that book series, we redefined the term hot chick. So it wasn't about the way you look. It was about how you feel, confident, not competing with other women, just living your best life, eating the foods that you love and enjoy, balance, balancing it out with healthy choices, mm-hmm. balance, not, not dating unhealthy people, um, mm-hmm, not being mm-hmm. in unhealthy relationships. Um, they're super funny, um, irreverent. And, and, and now um, we're focusing on belly button. And now we're focused. Yes. So <laughs> I did that. My point of that is... Um, is that I'm also a writer, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I do a lot of writing, and not a lot of people know that, mm-hmm. but that's how you and I actually became, uh, I guess, better friends and colleagues, was from a book uh, proposal that I wrote that I sent to the, um, Dr. Gator, because he's my child's pediatrician, and you loved it and gave me a beautiful your beautiful stamp of approval for it, not this book, a different one that hasn't sold yet, Um and so I, I spend a lot of my time. I approve this one too. Though. You approve this one too. Yes, you did. You have a great <laughs> quote that's uh, I'm going to be uh, tagging you in soon. Um, so I spent a lot of my time writing, and um, I wrote this. Everybody has a belly button. On the day George Floyd was murdered. Did you write it actually that day, or did it spur from that day? No, I wrote it that day. So. Like the rest of the world, or this is what I was doing, I, I was watching the horror happen on the news, on TV, and I just want to cry thinking about it, and I was feeding, Nico was 14 months old at the time, and he was in his high chair, and I was feeding him baby food, and um, it, he was that age where, first of all, he was obsessed with belly buttons, and he still is. He always wants to see everybody's belly button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's that age where you're, you know, you're teach, you're, you know, this is your nose, and this is your eyes. You guys can't see me unless Jacqueline, you make this one into a <laughs> video. <laughs> you're teaching your baby. Here's your well, nose. People here's know where eyes. their nose and eyes yeah, are. Here's your they- belly button. But when you're teaching, maybe you're pointing to the things. And um, so we were in that phase of, um, I was in that phase of motherhood of pointing out all of his little body parts. And as I'm watching, I was literally doing that as. I was watching what was going on um, in our country. And I thought, this is crazy. We live in an extremely racist country, society, world. um, And it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And we need to be teaching our babies. And yes, I am just a white person. And I am saying this with 
you know, from a place of white privilege, right? Mm-hmm. But um, we need to be teaching our babies about skin color and race and equality and equity from the moment we teach them about where their nose is and where their eyes is and where their belly button is. And mm-hmm. so in that actual moment, I said to Nico, everybody has a belly button. Everybody has toes. Everybody has eyes. Everybody has a nose. Everybody has skin. And I, we, I walked him through like the different colors of skin. I said this little poem to him and he loved it. I put him down for a nap. I sat down on my computer and I wrote the book. It's amazing. And I th- it was special to me, and I kept reading it to Nico, and it was special to him. And then I sent it around, and cut to now. Um, Skyhorse is um, publishing it, who I met through you, so thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, Nicole Frail, my editor. And I found the most extraordinary artist to bring the words to life. Her name is Zoe Hunter, and um, it's like water. Is it like watercolors? Yes, I mean, yeah, it's really cool. It's watercolors, you guys. It's so beautiful, and it was really important to me to have a black artist and a wom- and a, a woman of color, and um, because it just was, it is important to me, and I'm so grateful that she said yes to doing the book. And I, I yeah, she brought. Th- I mean, it l- it's almost like you're mixing like a five year old drawing with like beautiful art it's like you know there's like some some mixture there of like because of the watercolor i think it's like it kind of brings you back to childhood um and there's like an imperfection to it but it's also like really well done and you know beautiful so it's it's really interesting like it's a very unique drawing style for books i think that's exactly she did a great job the style (laughs) that i wanted like i was Mm -hmm. searching for someone that could do that sort of whimsical sort of watercolory feel Mm -hmm. and um and she's she's extraordinary so um but yeah, anyway, it was most it was just really important to me because I don't know about you, and I want to know from you, Doc, and mm-hmm. I also want to know from you, Jordan, our amazing producer here at Fifty Two Hundred Studios. Did anybody talk to you about skin color, not, Doc? First, not really. I mean, I don't really recall it. Now, I think I have a kind of unique upbringing, and then I come from Toronto, mm-hmm. and Toronto is so multicultural to begin with, and I grew up around. Um, you know everything, right? Every every race and and skin color and 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 whatnot. And it wasn't really a thing, you mm-hmm. know, so much. I mean, maybe it was, and I, I wasn't aware of it. But you know, I had friends that were, uh, you know, Asian and, and black and you know, African, everything, right? I, I had friends from all different races, and that was very normal in Toronto. And Toronto's known to be the most multicultural place in right. the world. Um, so it really, you know, I don't think I even was very conscious of it. But I certainly didn't think about it or or <coughs> discuss it. Um, I certainly wasn't, you know, in the most multicultural friend group or, or, or things like that. But I definitely had those people, you know, all different people around me. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I really thought about it, but it definitely didn't, um, it wasn't discussed. So I, I think, you know, I didn't think about it, which I think <coughs> is, you know, for good and bad. You know, I think it's important to be exposed to everything and to teach everyone um, and our kids about diversity and expose uh, everyone to all cultures. I think that's very useful. It doesn't matter which culture you're from. I think knowing about the world and knowing about uh, different upbringings and different you know, ways of, of living are, are super important so that you can you know, be a part of you know, society as we're getting older. And there are, you know, there are multicultural, uh, you know, there are, we're around everyone. So we should know how to, we should know a little bit about everyone. I think it's really important. You know, I think we should Agreed. support each other and I think we should know about these things. And, and 
you know, by and large, a lot of the stuff that we see, especially as kids, was from one culture, and it it wasn't as inclusive of all the other the other cultures. I mean, I think you know, you look back at like Disney movies and all the things, and it's you know generally much more representative um, of the white culture than of, of other. They're doing better and, and, now, and though. It's definitely changing. I mean, <laughs> there's no changing? question; it's changing. Yeah. Um, but I think no. Just back to your point. I don't. I don't think that was, that was, you know, maybe thought of so much back then. I think it just was the way that it was, and you know, that, that's what people did. And I don't know if it was, you know, some things are, you know, racist, some things are not. But I think it was just what how it was. And I think we've we've, you know, through everything that's happened in the last few years, I think that's brought it to light. Right. Um. And I think that that's changing, and there's a lot of good, you know, from that. I think it's important. I think we need to be exposed to all cultures and, and you know regardless of what color your skin is when you're reading a book to a child you shouldn't just see that same color because right? that's not the way the world is mm-hmm. so i think it's really important to uh be exposed to books that uh portray or anything it should portray everyone and and that's you know that's the goal of, of not being racist right it's like not you shouldn't see skin color you should just see people and it shouldn't make any difference what color your skin is or who you are you should treat everybody equally and that starts from day one if could see everybody equally. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> the, but the problem is, is that it's like our, our country, our world is not set up to treat everybody equally. And that is where and why we have to start the conversation about it to and, uh, the same with me. Like my mm-hmm. parents never sat me down and like talked about skin color. And well, Jordan, I want to hear from you. Right, right. I mean, did anybody tell? Yeah. Well, personally, me, I mean, I'm mixed. I'm half white, half Mexican, but I am white passing. So you kind of have to I mean, I grew up in a city, Whittier, in L.A., that is mm-hmm. surrounded um, in mixed ethnicities. You know, we have um, Asian, Mexican, black, white, every I mean, everything. And you kind of learn and teach yourself. And I'm blessed to come up from a childhood and a family where they did teach me about the different skin colors and the different races and cultures out there and that everybody is the same. Like this book, Everybody Has a Belly Button. So everybody puts their pants on the same way. Yeah. Everybody drinks water the same way. Everybody does everything. I mean, color doesn't really matter. You crack an egg, it's the same yolk inside. So... Um, I mean, I agree with Dr. Joel, everything he said, you kind of have to teach yourself and books like this that teach somebody at a young age already, already seeing like on the cover, how diverse it is, um, kind of already puts that idea in your head that everybody, no matter who they look like has a belly button, they're just like you, even if their skin doesn't look the exact same as yours. Right. And I, and I hope 20 years, you know, we've improved over the last five, 10 years, but I hope 20 years from now, we don't need to think about like, it's not. You know, we don't need to think about talking about everybody has a belly button. Or it's just, this should be just the way that it is. And everything should just be multicultural. And then you don't even need, it's not a thought. Like, I hope our kids' kids in the future, it's not something that we need to be thinking about. Or it's not something that we needs to be, you know, taught, quote unquote. I hope it's just is. I hope so too. <laughs> you know, I hope, yeah. I hope they just, I hope so too. you know, I hope we don't have to make, but we do need to right now. No. We do need to, to change the paradigm and kind of move in, in a, better direction where we're really f- fostering equality and we need to do things like that, you know, have books like this where, where there are kids of different colors. on And, and if that is the norm for everything, then that's just going to be the norm for everything and it just will be what it is. And especially in a generation already that's already beginning to be so progressive, starting off, I mean, the Gen Z already, you see how every, like the young, like teenagers and everybody are so politically aware and more, as quote-unquote woke than the generation before my generation for example Mm -hmm. like you just see that this is a good time for a book to come out because it just already adds to the goodness that is coming from this generation that everybody is a little bit more progressive i mean we live in la so 
We're, we're, surrounded we're by so it. lucky to live in. I mean, I feel so blessed. Agreed to, to live in Los Angeles. I live in West Hollywood. It's like everything goes in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in Las Vegas, <laughs> where also I was. I I also was surrounded by diversity. Um, and it's funny because I never thought I was white growing up because I come from a very Italian family, mm-hmm. and like we, I felt like you know, like we didn't eat turkey on Christmas. We ate like home, like seven courses of homemade seafood pasta. So <laughs> it, I always felt a little bit different, and I felt like very connected to my who my heritage, where I come from, my family, my roots, um, traditions. I didn't feel like typically white. Um, but now that I, you know, cut to now, I know that I am. And, um, and I also grew up with a lot of diversity, but my, but it wasn't really talked about, like equity wasn't talked about. My parents didn't sit me down and say, you know what? Some people don't have what we have and don't have the same opportunities because some people are still racist. Like we didn't have those conversations, but I did feel it. I felt it. I grew in Las Vegas, we, for um, kindergarten through fifth grade, everybody from North Las Vegas, which were lower income families, were bused to different neighbor, uh, the higher income families, I guess, middle class families, to the, our schools. And then for sixth grade, everybody in sixth grade went to these, went to, they, they built these sixth grade centers. We would get, you know, where I lived, got bus to North Las Vegas and go to these sixth grade centers. And that was the first time that I had ever been in any of these like lower income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart. This is a small town. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in sixth grade that I saw like, oh my God, no, this is not, they, we're going to the same schools, but we do not have the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, this is just that book, Anti-Racist Baby, I love that book. I read that to Nico all the time. Um, but so everybody has a belly button is just one tiny piece of the conversation. It's a conversation starter with your mm-hmm. baby about skin color. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, and it's also just an acknowledgement of reality, right? It's an acknowledgement of the world, and it's an acknowledgement. Uh, and, and you, know, you don't even – having conversations is good, but it's almost like this is pre-conversation. It's like you're just – yeah, it's just it's just a part. It's, it's you know, a pre-conversation. It's, it's like yeah. it's, you know, you're just you don't you don't need to have as much of the conversation if there isn't the thing, right? If you're just if you're just exposing them to it, and you're just talking about how people have different skin colors and people come from different backgrounds, and there are certain things obviously that you will talk about over time. Later, but yeah. You know, this is just normalizing what should be normal, which right. is treating everybody equally. Um, and you know, there there are and there, seeing the beauty in everyone in the right. rainbow of all of us, right? Because yeah. it's like. You know, racism is a big topic, and it's you know you can talk about that for you know, several hours. But I think you know, to me, like, well, when we talk about here, a lot of it is is prevention, right? And it's like getting talking about things and getting to things before it becomes an issue. Yeah. And and this is you know, the, in my mind, this is the same. It's like prevention. It's like let's let's get kids to know about other kids mm-hmm. in the way that we want them to know other kids, so that way. There's no way that they're going to be racist because they don't even know that it's a thing. It's just like these are the kids, and everyone has a different skin color, and it doesn't matter, right? That's right. like that. That to me is the goal. It's not to teach kids how to not be racist. It's to foster kids that don't see those things, so that way they just treat everybody equally. That's what I would want. That's what I want for Eli, right? I would. So I would not Eli, want right? him to to have to consciously think about racism. I want him. To, I want the world not to be racist, so that way it doesn't matter what skin color you are, you're just treated the same. And if there's a job opportunity, then 
it's not a, you know, what color is that person? It doesn't matter. It's just like you're chosen because you're the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the, the argument is, is that if we don't talk about racism, then there will, it will, there will continue to be racism. But for the purposes of this book, what you just said is true. Like it is that it's the book to read. That's the pre-conversation of, of yeah. uh, for, for your baby. And um, it, before you go, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about racism. No, I agree. I'm saying that, you know, I hope that like right now we are where we are, but I hope that the, the long-term goal here is not to uh, teach people not to be racist. It's to create a generation that isn't racist mm-hmm. so that way you don't have to talk about it, right? I think that's the long-term goal. I think the short-term goal, yeah, we have to change the narrative and we have to make everyone aware and everyone needs to be aware of what's going on in the world because if you're not aware, then you're not going to change anything. But the goal is to change the world, <laughs> right? Goal is to ch- the goal, our goal is to change the world, yes. Right? And isn't it, isn't it, I don't know, do you guys know the fact, the date, they say by like a certain date by by twenty whatever, like there will be no more white people. <laughs> like we were, oh, we were just all going to be mixed. Well, you know? I mean, the theory is that there's so many more uh, people from like Asia and other places, and so eventually, you know, the the, the bigger cultures will take over the, the smaller cultures. Because yeah. if you're mi- mixing in race, then eventually gonna everyone's going to be in the middle. So, but again, that's balance, right? It's like if the, the world's going to balance, and it's like there's not going to be like. A really dark and a really light theoretically it's going to come to somewhere in the middle yeah but, and yeah, then this book know. won't have a place i'm just kidding <laughs> um so can we talk about one thing because you're a doctor and um i've already gotten some people to say um <clears throat> well what if you don't have a belly button everybody's got to hate about something right everybody's always haters and listen so there is a there is a section in the book where i talk about disabilities and I talk about um, just differences you might not be able to hear some people might might not speak Um, so um, and 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 actually I think Zoe did a beautiful job drawing that 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 uh, spread in the book of of different um, types of people different types of disabilities and things but I chose the title everybody has a belly button because my child was obsessed with belly buttons and for the most part in my mind I think I talked about this on another show if you're born, you typically had a belly button. Now, you could have had a surgery, a stomach surgery, where like you don't see your belly button. Mm-hmm. But if you've been born, you have a belly button. You, you were likely attached to your mom somewhere. Well, is there any other way to attach? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where the like, umbilical cord goes, hence the name. Right. So there's no other way to attach. So if you're born, typically that you would have a, a belly button, or and so everybody is attached, right? So they get the nutrients, mm-hmm. and then after that falls off after you're born, then the the skin all heals over, and then a belly button is there. So you could theoretically not have what we call a belly button if you don't have the skin. I guess that's not very common. You can have an in, you can have an outie. It can look a little different, but you know, theoretically, you had an attachment of some sort. Right. That so. Because I didn't want, right, I, I just, I, I don't, the book is for everyone and every child, no matter what, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. My opinion on that is I think that there's always somebody that wants to be upset about something. So I think that you have to look at what the intention here is and what the messaging here is. And the messaging is equality um, right. and love. <laughs> message and, is and, you know, we all have... We're all the same, and we all have. And okay, like you can you can nitpick, I guess, because there's probably a few kids out there that don't, and it's not to exclude a child that doesn't have a 
you know, a belly button. Uh, or toes or, or toes nose or, whatever. or that's, things. That's not the point. Right. Um, so it's not to exclude that, but, you know, there has to be a title with some words on it. And I think that regardless of what we do these days, there's going to be some people that are going to not love everything about everything, but I don't know. So I, I hope the spread <laughs> in the book that talks about all of our differences um, um, makes everybody feel better if anybody feels not great about the fact that um, that I say everybody has a belly button and everybody has eyes and toes and things. Well, I mean, you could be like, everybody has eyes, but not everyone's eyes work, right? But you were born with like... Right, and I talk about, and, we ta- and there's a page where we talk about that. Some may not right, see. people so are blind. It's like right. the thing, there, there, are, there are always differences, but that's not to exclude anybody. You're talking about inclusion. I'm talking about inclusion. <laughs> I'm talking about equity. I'm talking about equality. I'm talking about raising kids to be mindful of this and... And like Dr. Joel said, um, so so it's not a thing. So they literally look around and they see the beauty. Mm-hmm. So we see the beauty, not um, not like that's somebody else, because we're all here connected together. And I'm I'm really excited for this. I have like three other kids' books that I've already <laughs> written that I haven't sold yet. You got some work, um, you got some work to do. You got you to work on this one first. Get I it, know. Get, get it finished. Get out there. So I want people to, uh, <laughs> um, I hope people love it, and so then we can do more. I love it. Where, where can people find it? So everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, all the bookstores. Uh, you can go to, um, uh, if you go to skyhorsepublishing.com, Skyhorse has um, links to everything, or just go right to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And probably link on your it, social um, too, I imagine. Yep, yeah. it's linked on my social media at Serena Vincent. You can also go to my website, serenavincent.net. You can buy it there signed if you want. Um, Ooh, and um, yeah, signed and personalized. And I'm super excited. So. You send them a picture of your belly button? <laughs> There's pictures of my belly button out there. <laughs> signed belly button? There's, um, I've, I have signed my belly button. Yeah. <laughs> so that's for a different audience, but <laughs> I do have belly button pictures out there. Um, all right. Thank you. Yeah. So you guys order the book, give it to your, uh, kids and your kids' friends. It's for every baby out there and every baby on the way to come. Congrats. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.